Merry Christmas. Hello, nerds and nerdettes. Junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages. We're nerds, and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd Knighted Nations podcast. Never apologize for being All things geek are up for grabs. Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Christmas, every nerd. Happy holidays from the show where geek is the word. While Santa lays down for his nap and the elves take a break from their stations, your hosts bring you a brand new episode of the Nerdited Nations. Our topic today is about the best Zeus character to be seen. He dresses like Santa with his fur and nice shade of green. One film is a classic, the other divides the crowd. The one, sadly, came and went. The excitement wasn't too loud. Um, if you're wondering who read that, um, that's me, Melissa Nicholson, and I welcome you to the Nerd Ed Nations podcast, and I would like to welcome my co-host, Jared Boots. How are you now? <laughs> I'm doing good. Merry Christmas, because this episode's dropping on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas to you, too. <laughs> maybe you could have said that I, I'm the max to your Grinch, maybe. Uh, see, I don't, I don't think of these things like you do. <laughs> well that's because you're not a loser like i that's all i think about is shit like that but I, I'm, I'm usually pretty good with coming up with stuff but you're better <laughs> you're well, not- maybe you can uh maybe maybe you should watch the uh mr magoo's christmas carol that way you can join the razzleberry dressing gang with me and uh michael okay i'll get on that <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh like we said merry christmas nerdettes and nerds if you're listening to this on the day we uploaded it, it's christmas day wherever you are if you're listening to it the right day so we brought you a wonderful christmas treat we're going to compare all three grinch films if you didn't figure that out by reading the title or what melissa read uh, it's sort of a similar format what we did with uh, Evan Costello meet Frankenstein versus the Monster Squad versus uh, Mad Monster Party question mark. I almost forgot that third one there for a second there. But uh, let's just jump right into it and uh, let's go down to our special guest ring announcer for tonight. I'm your guest announcer. My name is Ken. Jared wrote the script, but my voice will make this bit a 10. 
Let's get to the matchup. I'll speak right away and get to the Susie goodness on this Christmas day. Happy holidays, nerdettes and nerds. Hopefully this main event will make you gather in herds. Your hosts claim this is sure to be a hit while they compare films about a green guy from Mount Crumpet. First up is probably your favorite Christmas cartoon featuring the great voices of Boris Thurl and June. It was directed by a legendary artist, his name was Chuck. This one's considered a classic, so it shouldn't need much luck. Our next film comes from a Howard named Ron, whose Grinch was real life and had to make up to Don. He was played by Jim, who liked to make many faces and was determined to put those mean old who's in their places. Fast forward to 2018, the animation took a change. Illumination gave us a Grinch voiced by Doctor Strange. Christmas in this Whoville was colorful and bright, and the Who's were friendly again, not a rude one in sight. Which Grinch film is the best you might venture to ask? With so much to compare, that can't be an easy task. Your nerdy hosts are ready to judge this Yuletide fight. Just be thankful they didn't pick Halloween as Grinch Night. What a voice. Wasn't that great, Melissa? Yep, that was really great. Oh, that's right. As of this recording, Melissa doesn't know who it is. I told her she had to wait till Christmas. Man. <laughs> well, consider it a gift from me to you. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we're listeners, we're glad you took a break from watching Wonder Woman 1984 and HBO Max to spend some time with us to talk some Grinch. So we're going to do the same format we did last time back in October. Uh, we have five different categories that we'll be judging off of uh, to see which Grinch film was the best of the three. And of course, like we announced, just said, we're going between the 1966 one with Boris Karloff that was made for TV. We're going from the live action one from starring Jim Carrey from 2000 and then the most recent one, 2018, from Illumination with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as the voice of the Grinch. So this time around, we have five different categories. Which film had the best filler? Which Whoville would you rather live in? Which Grinch is the Grinchiest? Which Grinch had the best plan and execution? And which Grinch deserved to have his heart grow three times? Let's just jump right into it instead of dump. That sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, Melissa, which of the three films do you think had the best filler? I'm going to go with the 2018 film. Um, I really liked, um, like, the Who's, like, their like, environment and... Um, like their interactions with each other, and also um, the character Bricklebomb, who's decorating his house for Christmas, and he's just all really excited and into it. And I, he's my favorite character in the film. Um, I think he's he's just so like he's so wholesome and genuine and funny and a little naive, but just he's just great. I I really love his character. Um, and I really love also like Cindy Lou Who's presence in the in the movie as well. Even at the beginning, like she's determined to 
deliver her her letter to the post office so it can be sent to Santa. And you know, I love how she, you know, she finally gets out the door after talking to her mom, and she gets on the the inner tube and slides down the the hill from her house into Whoville and steering with a hockey stick. And I love that. <laughs> I really love that a lot. So. Um, yeah, I, I really liked um, the the filler that they had for the film. Um, I think it it was really really good, it, and it and it worked really well. Like it it didn't misplace the story in any way. It didn't feel weird. It was like this is Whoville and this is the world, and yeah, I um, yeah I really like that. Awesome. Um, I also picked the 2018 Grinch film for best filler just because, and we're going to touch on this later, um, in a later category, but, um, I do like how, I guess in a way that this Grinch has more time to prepare for Christmas kind of. So I do like how we get that extra filler of him preparing to steal stuff from the, the who's how he is, um, doing reconnaissance with Max on the drone, or he's go out looking for Fred the reindeer. I even like how he goes into town to go to the store to go shopping because he did all this emotional eating of all the food that he bought at the beginning of the film. Yeah, in the addition of Cindy Lou Who, um, the whole sub, uh, I guess you would call it like a subplot with her mom, her Christmas wish for her mom. I do like all that filler too. So her plan to trap Santa so she can ask Santa her what her wish is, and she couldn't get to the post office in time. That was a all good time filling up because if you haven't read the book or heard an audio book version like I have, um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas is only like a 15-minute long story, if that, give or take a few minutes. So even go back to 66, they had to throw in a lot of padding just to pad up to 15 minutes, even if you or to pad up to 30 minutes and you include commercials and whatnot and the filler for that is most a lot of the stuff of uh, the Grinch coming into town with Max, which great. It's got one of my favorite shots in the whole that whole that whole special is when that when Max first goes down the hill, you see the Grinch peering over the sled at the top of the mountain. It's that menacing look that is one of my favorite shots, even though it is filler. Mm-hmm. And then with the 2000 live action film, you got a lot of the uh, you got a lot of filler, mostly like a lot from uh, Jim Carrey improving and then the whole uh cheermeister stuff they have going on up until he decides to i think i read an imdb that jim carrey's grinch doesn't decide he's gonna rob the who's until almost an hour into the film and it's an hour and 44 long minute film mm-hmm. so he decides real, way late in the film that he's gonna rob the who's so they throw a lot of filler in there and yeah i admit like oh well, pretty much we both voted 2018. So what I was going to say next, steam rolls right into the next uh, topic is uh, which Whoville would you rather live in? Uh, once again, <laughs> it's it's a vote for the 2018 one. I just I really love that Whoville. It's just so I don't know. It's just so happy and it's kind of like a, a sleepy little town. Like it's just this cozy cozy little town and you know I really like the the designs of the houses and 
Um, and then, like, I really, I would really love to be in, like, sort of where Cindy Lou Who lives, because, like, I would love to, you know, be able to, like, get on an inner tube and, like, slide down a hill into Whoville. Like, wouldn't, that would be awesome. <laughs> I think that would be a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, that that would be mine for sure. I uh, called another clean sweep again, 2018 Whoville. Uh, I just love the layout of the town and the how the house, like I said, how the houses look. Or like, look at Cindy Lou Who's room. I'd love to have like a little room like that. It's like a little tucked way up in a loft of a house, or especially that little meat market that just pops up out of nowhere too. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Just the little shops and everything. And, I've really tried to lay out these topics so not one film would be at a disadvantage. Um, the 2000, the 2000 uh, live-action Whoville does look pretty good, too. It looks like an actual city for the most part. And uh, I did look up on uh, a fun fact about that one. I have actually a lot of fun facts with the 2001. But, uh, Same. <laughs> the Whoville set was... <laughs> Well, the, did you see this one too about the Whoville set being built on the Universal backlot behind the Bates Motel? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so so when they were taking breaks from filming, Jim Carrey would come out and surprise and scare tourists by running out of the hotel with a dress and a knife. <laughs> oh, that's <was> great. <laughs> and. And uh, I think I saw another one on it said that it was uh, it was like one of the most expensive sets to date of the day of the filming. So 2099. So it, it you do see a lot of it. You see like every penny put in. That's a pretty nice set. That easily could have been all green screen. But they yeah. got applaud uh, Ron Howard there for building sets like that. That's pretty neat. But. It does look nice, but the, just the town of when I think of Whoville, I think bright and colorful, especially around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So 2018 is a for sure win, and you don't get to see much of Whoville in the 1966 one either. No. Not until Grinch comes into town and starts stealing everything. Yeah, and and that's what I I really like about the the 2018 ones is that you do get to see a little bit more of Whoville, and and it's not. You know, there's a little more to it than kind of what you or what they've created, at least, um, than what you see in the other films, um, which is kind of nice. Like you kind of get to explore this this little town and see what's around and and the people that are there and and uh, yeah, I, I really like that uh, that you get that little bit more out of out of that than obviously yeah, like you only see you know in the 1966 version. You only see, yeah, when Grinch goes to, you know, go through with his plan, and that's only when you see the town. And and then that's kind of about it. Then you see, like, there's the shot, and you see, like, you know, all the who's in the circle around the big, you know, in the circle. And then, like, that's it. So, and then you see, like, some of the little buildings and things, like, their houses and stuff. But, you know, it's very sort of... Um, uh, for lack of, for lack of better words, kind of plain and boring. <laughs> like it's it's not there's not much to it, and but I really love yeah the the 2018 like just how they built up that that little town and and the the world around them like just really really good. 
I would say both in the 2000 and 2018 version that Whoville itself plays is almost a character in itself in the film too. Yeah. And uh, it really breaks my heart. Cause I do love the 1966 original too, but I think it's, it's really going to be hurt just being a half hour special going up against two films that have time to draw more stuff out. And Mm-hmm. I believe Ron Howard also wanted his Whoville to be like almost a spitting image of the one from the 66 special too. So you get the, you get the tree in the town square mm-hmm. or the center town essentially. But until yeah. the Grinch comes to town in the, in the originally you don't get to see, you get to see what two, three houses on the edge of town when the who's are gathered around the tree. Mm-hmm. And then once the house, you know, once he starts going to the houses then you see more of the town, but that's, it really that's breaks my heart. I think that that the original is going to be uh, like a little bit of a disadvantage for some of these topics. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it being such a classic, and it, it, you know, not that it doesn't get much love, but it's just yeah, based on you know like the Whoville and not really seeing it very much, and or not seeing much of it. Um, and it, and I think too, I will give props to like the 2000 version where it's kind of neat to see this sort of become a real life thing you know you've only seen it in animation so i can give props to them that they turn this into a physical thing so that that's pretty cool like you just see little buildings and things and and um so that's kind of cool um you know so and yeah (laughs) i i the 2001 gets a lot of crap for how the Who's treat the Grinch, mm-hmm. but I do. I did when I rewatched this, this film the other night for the first time in a while. I do appreciate how they have the Who's being swept up in the commercialism of Christmas. Mm-hmm. So then, when they get their little, re- so not only is the Grinch getting a revelation at the end of the film, the Who's are too. Yeah. So hey, it's not about the gifts. It's not about everything so the Grinch didn't really steal anything he just took things yeah so yeah. I, I do I, that was a nice little twist in the who's there yeah yeah the who's are jerks to the Grinch like during the holiday cheermeister stuff mm-hmm. and uh the mayor is a dick to him the whole time and when they're all kids they're mean to him too but I do like how they show Whoville just being swept up in the commercial of, of Christmas which is very uh 20 years later this film's 20 years old now so 20 years later it's still very uh timely you know, people get something the commercialism christmas all the time mm-hmm. even up here in 2020 now exactly yeah it, it's funny how that still you know the topic still kind of holds up yeah you got uh mary mary lou who for the molly shannon trying to outdo uh oh, i can't remember her name the other the the other gal with all the lights and stuff. She's taking every light out of her house, like the chandelier and house lights and stuff, throwing it up in the house. <laughs> oh, no, it was, it was Mary May was the other one. I, I think I think that's what it was, Mary May, and I can't remember Molly Shannon's character. Uh, um, it's lost on me. Something Lou Who. I thought, I thought it was Mary Lou Who, but... Maybe. So, uh, Anything else you want to say about any of the Whovilles? Um, I do actually. I want to share about 
um, like the look of the Who's and the Grinch in in Whoville. Um, and this, and the, these were things that I found because I follow uh, Rick Baker on Instagram, and he was sharing. He's been sharing recently um, stuff about the Grinch film because he did all the the makeup and stuff for the characters, and he apparently he had to uh, really fight to make the Grinch look like he did in the film because the studio, they wanted to just basically paint Jim Carrey green. (laughs) That wouldn't have looked right at all. No, that's all they wanted to do. So he actually, he shared a a screen test of of him in in the makeup and part of his argument of, we need to have him look like this. This is I can create this and make this. And he he said he really had to to um, fight for for getting Doom Carey to look the way he did. So <laughs> I think we can uh, oh. give give, uh, give give props well, to even- Rick Baker for that. <laughs> Well, even a, even a, even a, like I don't see how that being much of a contest because even in two thousand, Rick Baker was still like quite the name at that yeah. point. So like I don't know why this shit didn't even no contest. Like this is Rick Baker Monster Maker, man. Like right? if he says when you do this, plus Jim Carrey is a good candidate for that kind of makeup too. Like he can animate himself with it. Like you look back to nineteen ninety nine two thousand era. Whether you love his performance or not in the film, even 20 years later, there's still no better choice to play the Grinch, really, than Jim Carrey, I think. like Nobody else is going to animate their face quite that well at that level of makeup. And mm. I saw on uh, IMDb to see who else they were considering to play the Grinch in that film. Yeah. I saw Eddie Murphy, Tom Hanks, Jack Nicholson. And Tim Curry are all considered to play the Grinch. Ooh. Well, I mean, out of all of those, like animated, I could see Tom Hanks. I could see yeah. Tom Hanks being an animated Grinch. Yeah. Live action. Yeah. Tim Curry, I could see maybe as live action, but I think after it and Legend, you're not getting him sitting in a makeup chair ever again. Like, <laughs> no. He didn't want to do it after he did Legend, and he ended up doing that. But like, because what I said, what Jim Carrey would spend what two hours putting the makeup on, one hour taking it off every day for however long they were filming this. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. One other little fun fact from Rick Baker, because it was one of his more recent um, things about the Grinch movie. Uh, that he he uh, basically he he made up and dressed up his daughters um, to screen test them for how he wanted the who's to look, and it's the, it's the cutest video on his. His daughters are like kind of jumping around, dancing, moving around, you know, and they're all in the the makeup and stuff, and it's yeah, it's really cute, but it's also fun, like kind of cool that you know. He's trying to get the look of, of the characters and he uses his daughters like, hey, I'm going <laughs> to use them to figure out what kind of look I want. So, yeah. And 
for making the Who's live action, he did did a pretty uh, he did an excellent job making they look like Who's. Absolutely, they look like Doctor Seuss characters. Yeah, I would I would thousand percent agree on that one. So. So they have his kids grow into their noses. <laughs> that was one thing I noticed I'd be watching. So I'm like, why are there no? How come Mary May has a different looking nose than everybody else? And then how come they don't have their noses in their kids? Like when they say, <laughs> "Oh, they haven't grown into their noses yet." Like, well, yeah. How come she looks like? How come Mary May doesn't look like the rest of them? <laughs> <laughs> Questions. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, uh, like, while we're on the topic of who's in I told you that they watch these films, and that one got me to chuckle a few times. And one of them was when uh, Clint Howard, Ron Howard, the director, Ron Howard's brother, his uh, character went and shaved his after the mayor did it. <laughs> that just made my me laugh so hard. It wasn't the first thing that caught me up. Like I told most of the first chuckle I had caught me off guard. But this one when uh the Grinch shaves the mayor's head and he goes, Do something. So Clint Howard grabs the razor and shaves his head in the exact same spot. <laughs> made me laugh my ass off. <laughs> so moving on. Which Grinch do you think was the Grinchiest? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the 1966 Grinch, um, because he, like you just he's truly a curmudgeon, and that's how you meet him. Like that's kind of how that's how you're first introduced to this character, and he's just this really curmudgeonly crusty character who just has a real disdain for the Who's and Whoville and Christmas and and you know you you see him looking down on it from Mount Crumpet and looking down on Whoville with just such disgust and you just he is truly the Grinchiest. <laughs> you he's such a you, you don't you really don't care for him at, at all at first, you know, not until kind of the the end of the film of course, but um yeah, he I would say he's he's the Grinchiest. Are you looking off my paper? Because I have the same thing written down. I also have the 1966 Grinch. <laughs> nope, I can't see your papers. So. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, he definitely is the Grinchiest. He's definitely the most grouchiest. He is. Um, well, I think what the deciding vote for me with. Uh, Karloff's Grinch was even when he goes down to the town to start stealing Christmas from the Who's. The motherfuckers even taking ice cubes and shit out of the free out of the fridge. <laughs> like he's cleaning these Who's out, man. Yeah. <laughs> like the other two Grinches, the other two Grinches are like taking the trees, the presents, lights, all that stuff. But he is cleaning these people out, man. Like mm. yeah, the story he is taking the 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 roast beast. He is taking the. Who hash? And they do that in all three films, but he's like taking everything, yeah. everything. <laughs> These people are left <laughs> bare. Yeah, he he really uh, he really wanted them to have nothing. <laughs> and and 
and very much like oh, we all say like in the especially in these the older we get the more we identify with like Elsa we also identify with the Grinch too and like I agree with like, all the noise 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 <laughs> being in a being an apartment dweller for most of my adult life I can't agree all oh, the noise 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 <laughs> Yeah, and I, I can relate to that from uh, working with children for seven years. Noise, noise, noise. <laughs> of all the toys. <laughs> yeah, you really think about it, look at the three films. He really is the one that has, I wouldn't say the biggest grudge. Cause you could argue that Jim Carrey's Grinch does have like a bigger Axe grind with the Who's and everything and Christmas in general. But the only thing that I didn't, he didn't get that vote for me for is because uh, they just don't explain why he dislikes Christmas. He just shows up in Whoville mm-hmm. and doesn't like Christmas. Yeah. I do love the fact that he does show up at the aunt's house while they're having a swinger party. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that part. <laughs> I saw the fishbowl full of keys. I'm like, are they having a swingers party in a kid's movie? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I, and my whole thing with Ben to Cumberbatch is his backstory, not liking Christmas, is probably the weakest of the three. Yeah, we don't get much out of Karloff's, but. Of the say if you had to just compare him and Jim Carrey's Grinch, uh, Benedict's is the weaker of the two. Why he doesn't like Christmas because he wasn't like he was all alone in the in the, in the orphanage and stuff on Christmas. And but I always saw that his character was his character was more kind of a dick than a Grinch because he's just doing shit to the Who's like destroying the snowman, and it's funny too. Like he's pushing the head off the snowman and hitting the kid with the snowball. I love him in the grocery store when he (laughs) takes the pickles out of the jar, eats one, spits it into the jar, puts another person's cart. Are you going to, are you going to get, are you going to get the, it's the bottle of sage or whatever. The woman was trying to get me. I think it's a jar of cranberries. (laughs) I thought it was sage sage or something like that. You going to get this? No. (laughs) (laughs) oh you i was like oh you you jerk (laughs) uh, smashes the shelf like oh you jerk (laughs) that's what i say while he's still entertaining his his grinch is more of a dick still entertaining but he's just more of a dick yeah Yeah, definitely and i really love the like the the band following him or the not the bad like the singer the choir the oh, carolers God. <laughs> following him around i i kind of side i kind of side with him on that <laughs> the chasing him down yeah <laughs> but technically that was supposed to be pentatronics did that too i think they sang that you know, that song for him oh, okay yeah, but like as much as I love Bendit Cumberbatch as his Grinch, his Grinch is more of a dick. But I did also, and and they he did him and Carrie do both do a good job of uh, 
stealing Christmas too. Like they pretty faithful to the original 66 and the book of how they clean out the who's not mm-hmm. to the, the point where they're taking ice cubes and stuff. But, uh, I do like that Jim Carrey's Grinch was more of a prankster too. Like I, the first, the first thing that got me to chuckle was, uh, and watching the film was when he prank calls Cindy Lou Who's house. <laughs> I don't know why it just caught me off guard. I just started laughing my ass off. Well, you better go catch it. Like, <laughs> Is your fridge running? Well, you better go catch that it. Just I wasn't <laughs> expecting him. I don't know how how it made me laugh. It just caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting the prank phone call because I haven't seen the film willingly in so long. Yeah. Made me laugh. I, but I do love that Carrie is more of a Mary. His Grinch is more of a prankster. He dislikes the Who's so much the fact that he reads them alphabetically out of his phone book and shouts it down the mountain at them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I do love the fact that he's uh, cameo. Uh, director cameo by ron howard uh during the the cheermeister celebration um the bottle of liquor that the grinch steals is from ron howard when he i love how he burns the fucking tree down <laughs> like, uh, that was some like grinch little shit right there <laughs> Yeah, like he really stepped up a notch from like from like being like a little merry prankster to like shooting people with slingshots and all. He also gift wrapped uh, Cindy Lou Who in the post office too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's uh, definitely uh, mischievous. You know, he's just full of mischief and pranks and and yeah, a, a little bit more than than the other two. Um, but yeah. Still very entertaining. Yeah. Despite what you think, Jim Carrey does. Jim Carrey does do a good job as the Grinch, but it it's much like him playing the Riddler in Batman Forever. You have to rein him in a little bit because there's times where he just just go a little silly. Mm-hmm. And those are those times like, okay, okay, Jim, let's okay, pump the brakes here a little yeah. bit. But yeah, there there are there are those moments where it's a little bit over the top. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's Jim Carrey. So, <laughs> so you, you and, mentioned... And, and... Go ahead. <laughs> what, what were you going to say? I was going to somewhat compare it to how we discussed with Michael about Bill Murray at yeah. the end of Scrooge. Like, not everything is going to be gold. It's... You can't just throw, keep throwing shit to the wall and see what sticks. Exactly, and I, w- I was actually just thinking that. Um, I was it just reminded me of, of yeah, Bill Murray and his sort of thing at the end, and where they they could have reined him in a couple hundred times, but you know, but yeah, it, it's same kind of same thing with Jim Carrey, where he just yeah, there's there's a few moments where it's it is a little over the top, but like I said, that's him, so. You know, kind of, kind of is what um, it is. But um, what did Michael say? As long as it sounds like it's coming off genuine, yeah, not not forced or, or fake, then I think you're fine. And I mean, well, some lines are pretty well, good. One of the 
Oh, one of his good improv moments was when he uh, takes the uh, tablecloth off the table and all the stuff stays on the table. Mm. And he walks back and pushes it all off. It was actually supposed to come off originally. <laughs> so he walked back and pushed it all off on the table. So that's good improv right there. It is, yeah. <laughs> so you had mentioned um, kind of briefly about uh, Grinch's plan and the execution of it. So that would bring us to our next topic, which asks which Grinch had the best plan and execution? Which one would you say? There you are being the superstar again. Well, this is where I think we're not going to have the same answer because I went with the 2000 Jim Carrey one. And the reason why I say that is because, well, you to say Benda Cumberbatch's Grinch had a lot of did a lot of cool stuff with his, but here's the thing is he had f- three or four days to prepare for his plan. Cause I think he had just his plan. Like when they say December 21st. Yeah. So he had, he had plenty of time to get his ready while the original Grinch and Jim Carrey Grinch had Christmas Eve. That story takes place on Christmas Eve where they say, Hey, I'm going to steal Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I say Jim Carrey for the fact that, uh, he had, I think the timekeeper said four hours until Christmas. So mm-hmm. the fact that he had, he built that giant sled, rocket powered and everything, got his suit, all that stuff, and they executed this plan in four hours. Mm-hmm. See, with, uh, with Karloff's Grinch, still somewhat daylight out. So he had, he had some time to get his plan together. He did, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually. What about gonna, you? I'm, I'm going to say the not the 2018 version, but the 66 version, because I mean, yeah, it was still like you said, it's still daylight, and he still kind of. You could think that okay, he had a good few hour advantage, um, but I think for me, it's because he basically got away with it. Out of all his preparations and stuff, and getting into to Whoville and stealing everything, and down to the ice cubes, <laughs> and you know getting out, except for that brief interaction with Cindy Lou Who, but convincing her that oh, the you know light bulbs have gone out on one side, and so I'm bringing it to my workshop to get fixed, and she's like oh okay so he gives her the glass of water and sends her off to bed and then he goes stuff the stuffs the tree up the chimney and off he's gone it's like to get away with all that in you know however long i don't know however long it it might have taken him even if he had that advantage it's like nobody else saw him except for Cindy Lou who he convinced her that Oh, this is what I'm doing. Okay, that's it. And then he's gone. Like that's pretty damn good. <laughs> I mean, he he could have been um, caught by other who's or seen by other who's or anything like that. But nope, he was in and out. So I mean, I, I think it was pretty good. And not and he didn't use gadgets. He didn't use. You know, there, there's nothing special about 
him doing that. Unlike the 2018 where he has a little bit more stuff and gadgets and whatever. And, you know, he does his, you know, spies on the town and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going with the 66 version. Well, to be fair, uh, 66 version, he still had his magnet to take the nails out of the mantelpiece. Yeah. And he still had a, he had, I do like that scene when he's stealing Christmas from the Who's where he uses that cane mm-hmm. and he chalks up like a pool cue and knocks all the ornaments out of the tree. That was a pretty slick move. I, it was one of my favorite filler moments, I think, from that one too. But um, mm. you give Karloff, you give Karloff's Grinch some props because uh, getting all three Grinches do get caught by Cindy Lou Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Grinch uh, for 66 doesn't have a beard on like uh, 2018 does. Mm-hmm. So he t- also takes a full advantage of the fact that Cindy Lou is supposed to be no more than two in that film too. So shake him no. Plus this, Gr- this Cindy Lou who also had no previous interaction with the Grinch beforehand. Mm-hmm. So you got to love either Cindy Lou who and the other two isn't very bright or well, I think in the 2000 version, if I'm not mistaken, he's behind the tree while he's talking to her, so he's keeping his face yeah. hidden because he's not wearing a beard either. Mm-hmm. But in uh, the, the 2018 version, he's pulling some serious Clark Kent shit with that beard that she <laughs> can't. <laughs> who has had interactions with this Grinch and does not recognize that it's him. <laughs> yeah. He could have easily so put people on some that glasses say, and she wouldn't have recognized him. <laughs> so... People that say that no way, there's no way that Clark people can't tell that Clark can a Superman with because of those glasses. I think myth busted. Like Cindy Lou Who has met the Grinch before he starts stealing Christmas and did not know it was him just from wearing a fake beard or a red hat. Because so either Cindy Lou Who's in that bright or he really is a master of disguise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, motherfucker, you know that's the Grinch. You, you saw him. <laughs> Especially because the other Cindy Lou in the live action one does not leave the Grinch alone. It's like she is always bugging the Grinch. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say he's he's quite the the master of disguise because clearly the. <laughs> People don't recognize him with his simple disguises. <laughs> That's like the beginning of the 2000 where he goes into town with the mask and the cloak on. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to tell it's him, but like, even if he did hide behind the tree in the 2001, she didn't see the green hands sticking out or anything like that. Or <laughs> how do you give her the glass of water without, without her seeing him? Like, Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, me think me thinks Cindy Lou who isn't too bright. <laughs> no, <laughs> not not too or, bright for uh, observant. <laughs> or counterthought for the two thousand one since they established this Cindy Lou who was not like the other who's like she didn't really get into the whole commercialism and then getting the Christmas spirit. Mm. Do you think she knew it was the Grinch? The whole time, and the, and just the, just in that version, 
maybe, but I don't know. I mean, she she could have played it up as oh, you know, just you're oh, you're Santa, you're whatever. Like, I don't know, but it also the interaction is pretty genuine, so I don't know. Because she talks about the whole thing how she just can't get in the Christmas spirit or anything, so maybe. I'm not saying like accomplice to the Grinch, but maybe just turning a blind eye to what the Grinch is doing because she doesn't she doesn't get while all the other Who's are all wrapped up in Christmas. So mm. she so she turns a blind eye while he's taking the stuff, buys his buys his excuse, oh I'm Santa Claus and the light bulb is burned out and it's more like in the 2018 version when he used that excuse too. Like Cindy Lou was like, "Oh, I didn't know you could do that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a food for thought there, I guess, with 2006 Who. Yeah. Yeah, an interesting thought for sure. Sabatua. <laughs> so we talk about how. Um, you know, we talked about like how which Grinch is the Grinchiest, and you know, we kind of like I called him a curmudgeon and someone who just has a complete disdain over the Who's and Christmas and all that kind of thing. So now we come to the last question of, you know, we we know he changes at the end of the film. So the question being, who deserved to out of the three Grinches deserve to have their heart grow three sizes? Who was the most deserving of that? Well, we're bringing it down between a curmudgeon, a trickster, and a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and I went with 2018. Because that is a total transformation, not just in his outlook on Christmas, but just in his personality in general. Yeah, and with him and with, uh, you don't get much with 66 because it seems like it just comes out of nowhere. Like, yeah, he just sees the light all of a sudden, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty pretty honest to the story, too, which it just all of a sudden, when the, the Who's spirit hasn't been broken, all of a sudden, okay, uh, he just has this epiphany. Mm-hmm. Um, with, 2000 is they're trying to set up the Grinch as being sympathetic, him being bullied by the Who's and everything. So you kind of feel bad for him when you see the Who's picking him as a child when he runs away to Mount Crumpet. Mm-hmm. Then later on during the the festival, they're most of the mayor, but mostly the Who's just joining along in it. But but this one with 2018, it's it's more like the and they try to set up that sympathy card with the Grinch too in this one too because he was all alone at the orphanage and. But you see these breaks in his character where he does have a heart in there, so he wants to be good. Mm-hmm. And I think I've stated numerous times, I don't know if I've ever said it to you, Melissa, before, but um, one thing I noticed about 2018 Grinch is you definitely see that he cares for Max more in this rendition. Yeah. It's not that he, not that the other two say, like, Grinch flat out hates Max, but you see more of that love and care for Max. And this one gets him the Christmas gift at the end, or he apologizes for uh, being a 
Max is a good 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 dog, but he's a bad drummer. <laughs> but uh, the reason why I say that uh, 2018 Cumberbatch is the fact that uh, he has that. You see that speck of heart when uh, his reindeer Fred finds out Fred has a family, or how he's treating Max. But they, at the end of, uh, he does more than just carve the roast beast. He's actually talking to the Who's. He feels he's helping. Uh, I can't remember the mother's name. I don't think they remember this. They said the mother's name like once or twice in this one. But uh, he's helping her like take the desserts and stuff to the table. And uh, he's hugging Brickle Bob as like doesn't count if you don't hug back, buddy. So you see more of a transformation. Not you don't. It's not just a change of heart, but it's a change of character and personality in this Grinch. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not saying the other two you don't have that change of part, heart or personality in them too. But you see more. It's more drawn out. Uh, so yeah. What do you, What about you? First of all, you hear that? <laughs> On the same page. <laughs> um yeah i'm i'm picking the 2018 uh grinch for most deserving of having his heart grow three sizes basically like you know you you really get to know him and you you go you really see his his journey sort of through his life and the things he kind of went through and um you know all the emotional eating that he did and you know and just you know his his sort of interactions with the the who's at first and even you know like some of the kids and and uh Brucklebaum and and just you know you really see that you know that you know he 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 wants to be he wants to be good but he also kind of you know does like the mischievous things. I wouldn't so much say like, oh, he was like really bad, but it's just like mischievous. And you know, like the kid. Uh, the... He was kind of he was kind of a dick. He he was in the in the sense of yeah, like destroy the the snowman and and all that stuff. Like he was just his personality was he was a complete dick. So it was really nice to see him grow and uh, not so, like in his personality and you know, his. You know, his heart grows three sizes, but also just, you know, he he's a completely changed person. And it's and that's a genuine change. Like, it's not just, you know, like in the 66 version where it's just sort of that instant, oh, like sudden realization. And then he's bringing back all the stuff to Whoville and that's and then you see him, he's carving a roast beast. Um, it's just that's such an instant thing. And you, you don't see his change. It's just, oh, suddenly he's good and that's it. Whereas this one, yeah, like you had mentioned that it's it's more drawn out. You see him grow and change and and then when he, you know, he goes to the you know, goes to Christmas dinner and like he's helping out, he's interacting, he wants to get to know the who's. Um, you know, he, he really genuinely, you know, wants to have those interactions and um I, I really like that, that from this guy who you meet first and he's just a complete dick, he just treats everybody not very kindly to somebody who becomes this genuine 
character, genuine person, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I, I really like that, you know, you were, you were rooting for him at the end where he was just, you know, um, he, he was genuinely, genuinely happy. So, um, yeah, 2018 gets the, gets the point for that one. Yeah. And I really think they probably could have had a good one with the 2000 if they didn't try to set him up as having so much sympathy mm-hmm. or if they gave us a little, or if they gave us a little background as to why he hates Christmas. Cause they really do, do not say no. They while, don't. while the, while the 66 version, like, yeah, all the noise and everything, all that stuff, the who's always all the making the toys. But I said the Grinch baby, when the Grinch shows up in Whoville as a baby, he just hates Christmas. Mm. Yeah. Show him as a baby taking the bite out of the Santa plate, and they just there's just no rhyme or reason why he. Plus, by the way, that Grinch baby puppet—that's thing of that's nightmare feel right there. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a thing of nightmares right there. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> that's it's it's truly terrifying. Like. I would not want to run into that at all. <laughs> I'd be like, nope, nope, nope. I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, I guess unless they're trying to say that he came down during Christmas time and he was left out all night while the Who's were having anonymous sex with each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he hates Christmas. He, <laughs> he hates oh, Christmas please. and pull. He hates Christmas and polygamy, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, right? Like, I, I, <laughs> I guess that's just what it is. It boils down to, I, when I look at the 66 of Boros Karloff, it reminds me of that sketch from Monty Python with the philosophers playing soccer. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, was it Socrates or Aristotle? Eureka! <laughs> He's yeah. kicking the ball around. That's just what it, it felt like to me. Is like when the Grinch is waiting for the waiting for the Who's to wake up. He's over the over the ledge, and he has mm-hmm. this. I don't know why I have my hand in my ear on an audio podcast, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just like that Eureka moment for him. It's like all of a sudden. It's the oh maybe can't be he's ranting the max hole. It came without tags. It came without all the stuff. Yeah. And all Eureka and all of a sudden he's got the strength of uh ten Grinches plus two. Mm-hmm. I guess at least two with uh and then they have uh Jim Carrey's Grinch save Cindy Lou Who because she once again follows the Grinch back up to his house and she gets on top of the sleigh for some reason. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess this is what was missing from what I guess making the, the decision a little bit harder or make it a little more uh, debatable is if we would have gotten a little more backstory on why Jim Carrey's Grinch doesn't like Christmas or if, we could have gotten a little, just a little more of uh, Karloff's coming to that epiphany, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think 
both of those could have used that little bit more. Um, I mean, maybe like with the 66 version, like I know they, you know, they added that little bit of filler and they made it a 30 minute thing. So maybe it was just a really, you know, maybe there was that thought that they wanted to add that, but time constraints, right? Where they, okay, they can add a little bit in there to kind of add a little bit more to the story, but still make it a, you know, a short um, film. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, like, the, the 2001 could have expanded on that a little bit more, but, oh, wow. <laughs> just just a little backstory on why he hates Christmas so much. And, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure people at home are probably disagreeing with what now. Well, the 2018 gave us the reason why he hates Christmas, and it's weak sauce. Yeah, admittedly, it is weak sauce. Yeah. But we do get a little bit of taste of why he doesn't like Christmas, I guess. It's almost more like he doesn't have a taste for people, probably. Yeah. I would say really, it's it's a little bit like a um, Rudolph thing, you know, where they don't let him in on anything and they just kind of they exclude him, sort of, you know, like it's, it's a little bit Until like Until he is needed. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a little bit like that. I mean, I'm not. It's not you know the same story, but it's a little bit where it's just okay. You get that sense of, you know, they're they're leaving him out, and he's left just, to, you know, kind of out in the cold for a little well, bit. Really, you know. Well, I don't really think that they're the Who's are leaving Cumberbatch's Grinch out in the cold. It's just more. It almost seems like his dis for people but it just happened to happen around christmas time yeah and then that's just associates i think the imdb they called it freudian like he has a freudian association with why he doesn't like christmas psychology he was like (laughs) he wasn't adopted around christmas time so does it do you think we're because you get all these because the 2018 one has all these little flickers that he might have a heart after all do you think this makes our decision any weaker because you see all these instances throughout throughout that he might have a heart so like when he's going through the christmas book he's like oh look at that gingerbread house so how'd they do that or caring for max all stuff and and for can we does that make our decision any less uh oh What's the word I'm thinking of? Any less uh, deserved? I don't think so. Because I think, you know, he he is, you know, the the character who he is at first is, you know, not a not a very nice one. And then you see, I really, I like that you see sort of the hints of that. That he's seeing these little things and he's, you know, that that's part of his growth in the film. Like, just a part of him changing and, you know, realizing, oh, that all that, like, there's a little more meaning. There's meaning to Christmas. There, you know, out of all the things that you do during the season. And so he's seeing that and he's, you know, internal and taking that to, to heart. And, you know, and I really like seeing that because that just shows that he's, he's not going to just immediately flick a switch and he's this new new and improved Grinch he's slowly like okay there's these little things and I'm really connecting to it and then we finally see him 
you know, fully changed and genuine, genuinely this much nicer Grinch character and a big difference from who he was at first. So I don't think that it makes our decision any less deserved. I think it, it kind of solidifies it <laughs> that, you know, he, he made those steps um, to, to change. So I think it, I think it worked and, and I stand by our decision. <laughs> I think Binks agrees with you. <laughs> she she was patting on my microphone while you were talking. Aww. <laughs> that was just one. That was just a random thought I had kicking through my head about that. Like, well, yeah, you get these little flickers, you get these little flickers of emotion of him throughout the film, but you also kind of get that too in the two thousand with uh, how many times Cindy Lou who is trying to reach out to the Grinch and get to him, like reach him mm-hmm. as it were so you get those little flickers of him too so maybe her wearing down on him I took to do that too it's like a really really weird relationship between Cindy Lou Who and the Grinch in that film yeah thank you for qual. thank you for uh, I, I, that was very insightful I, I agree Hardly, like I made that decision. Like, yeah, I think he deserves it because he—it's more of a change in his personality and himself as a person. But you really—you justified it really well. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, I do have one more question. Um, we've we've talked about the Grinch a lot, and we talked about Whoville quite a bit, and. You know the the story itself, um, and then some of the kind of you know little extra characters and things. But who is the best incarnation of Cindy Lou Who? We've got three different incarnations of this character. Who is the best one? Yeah. I thought it has to be sound like a broken record, but it has to be the 2018 one, and it's, it's <laughs> absolute no disrespect to voice acting legend June Foray, who was Cindy Lou Who in the original '66, but the Cindy Lou Who in 2018 is a lot more developed and flushed out. Um. It's and I think it's it's one of, I think it's one of those instances where the original is going to get is it such a disadvantage that really Grinch catches her or she catches the Grinch mm-hmm. and uh, I really think these really beat you over the head with the uh, one of two thousand like she's like all over this movie she's more of a major player in this one. Whereas twenty eighteen she's still kind of a background character she's she's got more of a role in the film but she's not front and center like Cindy Lou who was in the original or in that original I mean in the 2000 live action version mm. and like I said she just, she just comes off as more annoying in the 2001 than she does in the other two mm. yeah she's more of a, spunk, a spunky tomboyish kind of kid it doesn't take no crap kind of little girl in this one which is 
it's going to fit the time that it's in, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, what about you? Well, once again, I'm on the same page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, I like the the original, you know, is cute and adorable. And, you know, for the, for the short time that we see her, um, you, you like her. And, I mean, the 2001 is really sort of in your face is there is you know got a definitely like you said like a major player in all in all this um but i really i i love the the 2018 version of cindy lou who i think she's got sass she's got determination kindness she she's caring and she obviously loves hockey i love her already because <laughs> she steers her inner tube with a hockey stick and she carries her around with her <laughs> and i just love how you know she's that little bit of a tomboy she's got a lot more layers to her and i really love that because you don't really get much of that in the in the other two versions like they're just they're there but they're that's just you know you kind of get to know them a little bit but that's especially like in the 66 you really don't get to know her at all just as this cute little girl and that's it so yeah for me it's the 2018 version because she's just she's like the coolest kid i i really like her while she is our best portrayal cindy lou who I would say the 66 one is the most accurate to the source material though. And I think, I think if you're going to go with this more flushed out story, you're going to give Cindy Lou who a more uh, flushed out role. You can't have it be a two year old or a two or three year old because that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of weight for a two or three old to carry. It works a lot better animation to have it. And you got to figure what the other other two films, Cindy Lou, who's going to be what? Seven, eight, nine. Maybe yeah, ten. The eight. very oldest. Yeah, somewhere in the age. So, so it's gonna be hard to make like a two or three year old entertaining. So mm-hmm. I guess having June for that small role does work well, and it is faithful to the original story. So you get the benefit of having Seuss working on it too. Mm. Uh, I read a fun fact on uh, IMDb about June Foray, the voice of uh, Cindy Lou Who, mm-hmm. which you've probably heard me name drop her several times before in this episode that she was a voice acting legend. I think she's probably mostly known for being, uh, she was Granny in the Looney Tunes for years and years, and she was also Rocky the Flying Squirrel from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, but um, June Foray wrote in her biography the dislike her disliking of the live action Grinch film. Uh, she went and saw it, and Chuck Jones, who directed the '66 one, was gonna go, but he was in bad health at that time. And she wrote that the 2001 was so bad that that would have finished Chuck off. So she's saying that the 2000 Ron Howard version was so bad it would have killed Chuck Jones. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh 
OG Cindy Lou who has fangs. <laughs> she ain't afraid to cut a bitch. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, while we're on the subject of uh, random questions, uh, which roast beast would you rather eat from which film? Which roast beast looked the best? Or how about this? Which which uh, Christmas dinner would you rather sit down to of the three films? Um, <laughs> Magic Number Twenty Eighteen. Because <laughs> I just I love the environment. I love that they're you know they're it's it's more of a um. You know, more of a gathering, not so much just like you see them sitting around a table and they're about to be, you know, having dinner. Everybody's interacting with each other. They're they're there, you know, having a really good time, enjoying each other's company. And and so I really like that. And then they obviously they transition to having dinner. And I like that environment. I think it's a really warm, um, caring, fun environment. So... That's where I would want to be, and I and I think you know the food would be pretty good. <laughs> At least I think so. I don't know. <laughs> well, I saw that giant cake that uh, Grinch brought in for. Looked pretty good. It was, the house just looked so warm and cozy and inviting. Mm-hmm. The 2018 one. Yeah, that's what did it for me too. Like, like I said, like it's just such a warm, cozy environment. It's like I wouldn't mind, you know, sitting around, you know being part of that so you can sit next to brickle bomb and talk about how he uses chocolate explosion we all <laughs> gotta keep the gray away <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> oh brickle bomb's the best <laughs> you cool smart dog <laughs> <laughs> He was definitely a highlight of that film. Keenan Thompson was hilarious in that film. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, I have the votes all tallied up here. And uh, the intro that the uh, announcer said is nothing like how I wrote it. <laughs> um, we said that the uh, 1966 Grinch shouldn't need much luck because it was a classic and how... 2018 one uh, kind of sort of came and went. It didn't have a lot of fanfare, but the 2018 Grinch film from Illumination won this uh, throwdown with a uh, six out of ten votes. Wow! I love. I'm actually surprised because I, I like based on the you know the nostalgia factor of the classic Grinch and things like that. Like I thought. I would be a little bit leaning towards that a little bit more, but I mean the, you know, I really love the 2018 version. It's just so good for, for sort of a modern take on it. So, well, it seems like one of those films I even talked about with Lisa from my love that movie, how I think it's one of those movies where I don't think a lot of people saw it, but I think a lot of people really, the people that have saw it enjoyed it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I saw this in the theater two years ago. I, I really loved it. I just fell in love with it. And, uh, yeah, and it, it, you see a lot of people like the nostalgia critic kind of poo poos on it for some of the reasons that we praised it, but that's probably mostly for entertainment purposes. But it seems like one of those films where the people who have seen it really do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not surprised. Oh, Knowing how much I love the film, I wasn't surprised because maybe what it did for me. But you being your first time, it was his first time viewing this film, right? Yeah. So it does say a lot. So like, yeah, and it, in a way, a lot of people did kind of sleep on this film too. Yeah, I had. I don't know if I planned to see it or something, but I never got to see it in theater. Um, so. Yeah, it was one I missed, so yeah, it took me long enough to finally see it for the first time, but I'm absolutely glad I, I have finally seen it, because it just, it's so good. I, it's, yeah, I, I really, really loved it. Uh, it was really good. Uh, I joked, the only thing I didn't like about it is I had to pay $80 to see it. Other than that, I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the film's nothing groundbreaking or legendary. It's just a real good film. It's mm-hmm. it's not going to go down as the greatest film of all time. It has its flaws. Like all three of these films have their flaws. I'd say the '66 has the least flaws out of it, actually. Mm-hmm. But uh, no film is perfect. This one's no different. But it's it's definitely one of those films that people who have seen it really enjoy it. It's I wouldn't necessarily call it like a sleeper hit, but it's enjoyable. Maybe, who knows, maybe in the next few years it'll get some kind of cult following behind it. Because, like I say, the 2000 one's very divisive amongst people. A lot of people really love it. A lot of people really do not like it. And it's mm-hmm. take it or leave it, it seems yeah. like. I think it's, ah. I, I think the divide comes from just, you know, those who are so, like, they grew up or, or whatever, like, with, the original Grinch animated movie. And I think that's where that divide comes from, where it's just, it, it's such a big change from it being an animated film that it's just, you know, you kind of look at it with the same disdain that the Grinch would on Whoville. (laughs) You know, what is this? I mean, you can maybe respect it for what it is and what they, they, try to uh, achieve with it um you know bringing this literally like this thing to life and making it a physical thing with you know actual people and um buildings and things but i think for for the people that really don't like it it's just that nostalgia of the animated original animated film and i think that's kind of what it was for me was like i was um i was eight yeah, eight when I saw the Jim Carrey version, and I despised it with every fiber of my being. <laughs> I had very strong views, and that hasn't changed much. So I I really didn't like it, but then I, I was first introduced to the animated one, and I love, love, love that one. So seeing that, I was like, ugh, I just, what is this? <laughs> don't like it at all so yeah it, it 
I mean, now I like thinking about it and looking at it again many, many years later, um, I can appreciate it for what it is. So, you know, I have a little more respect for it. I mean, uh, it's, it's not really my cup of tea, but I can still appreciate it for what it is. And especially, you know, the effort that Rick Baker went to make Jim Carrey the way he, he looks in the film and the characters the way they look. And so, yeah, I can, I can respect the film um, on that level. I think a lot of people that do have the love for the Jim Carrey one is, I think it is for Jim Carrey, actually. Yeah. The people who just love Jim Carrey and love everything he's in, the people that defend Batman and, uh, I mean, Batman Forever or sequels to Doctor or Gates and go, go back to his stuff in the 90s. Like we said earlier, back in the 90s, Jim Carrey was a hot commodity. And I, even I saw him say in 2020, there was nobody I'd rather see play the Grinch live action than probably Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Nobody else gets as animated as he does when, and he makes that, he works that makeup really well. He does. Yeah. Yeah. So before we bring it home, why don't you give, uh, your brief thoughts on all three films? Closing thoughts. (laughs) Um, You know, I really, you know, I I really love the 1966 movie. It's something that I, you know, was first introduced to as a kid. And it, it, you know, holds a lot of nostalgia. And it it was my first, um, I don't know if it was one of my first Christmas movies that I saw, but um, it's certainly one of, probably one of one of them and so it's it's a um and then having like a love of dr seuss like i I really loved dr seuss books as as a kid and so it it really holds that special special place in my heart and always will and um you know i i don't i i i know like i had said like i don't like you know the the 2000 version um but then i you know, I didn't, I didn't so much like it, but now I can, I can certainly respect it for what it is and, and appreciate it for what it is. And the, you know, like I had said, like the effort that went into it. Um, and then also, you know, respect to Jim Carrey for bringing that character of the Grinch to life and, you know, animating his face the way he does and just working that whole costume the way he does, because I'm not sure anybody else could do that. You know, they they would be they would be a little bit cardboard, I think. So I can definitely, I think, change of heart from when I was eight years old and clearly curmudgeonly about it. <laughs> so definitely a change of heart now. Um, I, I it's still not my favorite movie. It's not my cup of tea, but I can I can respect it and admire it for for what it is and you know the effort that was put into it and the. You know, 2018 version, it's just so, um, first word that comes to mind is heartwarming. It's heartwarming, it's wholesome, it's a little bit relatable, um, because you can kind of relate to the Grinch in some ways. Um, It's just, you know, just so much fun and funny, 
And, you know, I, I love the incarnation of Cindy Lou Who. I think she's just an amazing kid. And I love Bricklebaum. I think he, he was just absolutely hilarious. Um, I love his enthusiasm for life, for Christmas, for just, you know, I, I love everything about that character. So, um, and, I, and I really like that they, you know, kind of, you know, explored the Grinch a little bit more and really, you like, showed his growth as, as, as a Grinch, as a person from this person who's just a complete dick to somebody who's a genuine, kind, caring person. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really love the film. I think they did a wonderful job um, retelling the story and, and um, you know, creating, creating this, the world of, of the Grinch and, and the town of Whoville. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. I challenge you to find another podcast where two hosts continuously call the Grinch a dick. (laughs) 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 That's true. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) how else are you supposed to describe that character? I mean... The 2000, he's mischievous. In 2018, he's a dick. So, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I was like flat out thinking in my head. When I watched 2018 the day for homework. I'm like, yeah, he's kind of a dick in this movie. <laughs> I kind of like, oh, maybe, maybe he's a lot like Jim Carrey. They were just both mischievous. Like, no, no. He's doing this like unprovoked. He's just being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. The snowman and the taking the, the jar off the shelf, thinking, you know, kind of setting up like, oh, he's going to give it to the lady who's looking at it because she's too short. And then, nope, I'm going to put it back on the shelf. Like, that's. Dick move right there. <laughs> yeah. Um well my closing thoughts on all three Grinch films is Grinch is my favorite Dr. Seuss character ever created. Um the 66, like we've said, it's a classic. It goes on my cheerathon every year with Rudolph and Muppet Family Christmas, Mickey's Christmas Carol. It's it's a must watch every cheerathon, every December. Uh, I really felt bad that some of the cat the topics I thought of might have just the the short runtime might have disqualified it. But at the same time, it still holds up pretty well. It still held up pretty well, and it has the benefit of having Dr. Seuss work on it with a legendary artist director Chuck Jones, and. Um, Plus, you have the legendary Boris Karloff and Thurl Ravenscroft also. We didn't ma- mention those two names much either. So that Thurl Ravenscroft's version of uh, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch is so iconic. Oh, and a uh, peek behind the scenery is uh, Melissa wanted to ask a question, which who did the better version of that song? And I was thinking about it, Mike, the, the other two films, they just do not compare at all. 
Like they really tried. And I think 2018 actually has the worst rendition of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Yeah. That's that that would be my only quote unquote complaint of the film would be yeah, that version just isn't it's it, it also kind of sounds like um the uh having a bad day from Despicable Me, the first film. Like it, it yeah. says that there's there's some of it where it's like that's sort of the same sound, like sort of like okay, they just kinda copied and pasted a little bit so yeah it's it's i mean it's fine you know for the film but uh yeah thorough ravenscroft just blows that out of the water completely it's just his voice is i think the most iconic thing it's just it's so distinctive and just yeah he he really makes that song so just for like performances of Karloff and Thurl alone, just make this 1966 iconic. I really wanted to vote for it more. I really did. And maybe if if ifs and buts was candy and nuts, it'd be Christmas every day. But if maybe they got that opportunity to have like a feature length runtime, maybe it could have stood toe to toe more with these other two films. We would have had a more of a more of a dogfight on our hands than what we did. Um, <laughs> But I, I love the 66 one. It goes with my cheerathon every year. Um, the 2001, I have a very tumultuous relationship with this one. And like I said, I, I don't hate it. Mm. I just saw it so many times. I think it just became overkill for me. And now that I've had at least a couple of years away from it. Yeah, and maybe, maybe in the past other people's opinions might have had of uh, skewed my view of it, but mm-hmm. I said, I watched it the night and I, I, it got some laughs out of me. Uh, yeah. Jim Carrey does go a little overboard with the improv a little bit. I'd say he's definitely more, he's definitely more reined in here than he was on like Batman forever or um, man on the moon. He's a little more in check here, yeah. but uh he does give a really good performance and he, he alone is the reason to watch the film. He is great. He brings that character to life. And like I said, even in 2020, I don't see anybody but Jim Carrey playing the Grinch. He, and it's not just because he's cemented in stone is playing the only person to do live action. It's just that he's such an animated character himself that nobody else could. Cause we saw what happened with Michael Myers and the cat in the hat. And it's like, Comparing the cat in the hat to the Grinch is like night and day. Like mm-hmm. Jim Jim Carrey made it work. Mike Myers, as much as I love him, he did not make it work. No, and, uh, not at all. <laughs> while the 2000 film does have a lot of faults, it does do a lot of things right. It does try to play homage to the book as much as it can, and try to make it make it its own thing by adding the whole Jingle Meister thing, and uh, also like. Much like Boris Karloff narrating 66, we do have a legendary narrator in this one, too, with Anthony Hopkins narrating the 2000 Grinch one. So I guess this one is definitely my least favorite of the three, but it's still, it's watchable. It's enjoyable. I won't watch it as often as I watch it, but... I'll watch it maybe every couple of years, I think, from now on. 
Like, it's maybe like turn your brain off. It's a good turn your brain off. Good popcorn movie. It's 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 far from hard. Plus, that I could see Tim Burton, Tim Curry. Get those two little, get Tim Burton on the phone right now. I want to see this Grinch. But like, <laughs> somebody also said, like, oh, it was going to be darker. Well, why wouldn't it It'd be Tim Burton? But who? Yeah. I never, this is the first I even heard of Tim Burton being eyed to direct this one. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> what's, I could probably see Tim Burton doing Halloween as Grinch night. Mm hmm. Which, if you've seen that short, oh god, that's something else. Have you ever seen that one? That animated short. No. Oh man, it's it's pure seventies acid trip, man. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and uh, with the with the twenty eighteen film, I just loved it. I love. I was like a little. I was like a little kid all over again watching that film in the theater. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch does such a great job as the Grinch. Uh, I think he gets some slack for his American accent that he tries to do, and I think he's fine. Mm. Uh, Keenan Keenan Thompson just awesome as Bricklebum. <laughs> like, he doesn't. He plays that guy that's so optimistic, it just makes you sick. Like, yeah. get away from me. <laughs> 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 he's just so happy. Nor the Grinch stealing all this stuff. Just he's just so happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when he runs into the inflatable snowman. Leave Mr. Leave Mr. Grinch alone. Just so bright and happy. And, uh, Rashida Jones as uh, Mrs. Lou, who great performance. You you buy her as that that. How would you explain it? That, but mom burning the candle at both ends. Tired mom. So, yeah. Props to all the moms out there that burn the candle at both ends, doing that for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just one thing I just love is the relationship between as an animal lover, just the relationship between Max and, and the Grinch in this one is mm-hmm. so much more flushed out. Uh, I believe that's how Andy beats more of like a dog. Doc owner relationship. Uh, it's not yeah. that you don't see that Max, that the other two Grinches don't care for Max, but you just see it more here. Yeah, they they have that more of a more of a genuine connection, and and it, and it only solidifies when Grinch gives Max the the bone chew toy for Christmas. Like, oh, that that just melted my heart so much. Like, it was just like, oh, and he was just like, Max was so happy with it, and. Oh, it just that that was that was really awesome. And I really kinda liked how like Max, like when he's delivering the um like breakfast and stuff, whatever, like it kind of reminded me a bit of Gromit. Like like the Grinch is Wallace and, and he's and he's Gromit. Or he's just, he's he's a pretty smart dog and you know, can can work things and, and Stuff so I, I really kind of like that so yeah yeah and and then I also read in IMDb that Max is more 
so you see the two Max is more hesitant about going through with the Grinch's plans, but this one he's just more of a not necessarily an assailant's the wrong word, but he's just he's willing to go through with what the Grinch wants to do more than the other two, like mm-hmm. wanting to be hooked up to the drone to do surveillance on the town and all that stuff and all that stuff. But I, Twenty Eighteen Grinch is so good. I don't know why. It's like it's not a perfect film either. It does have its flaws too. It's got some of the, not so necessarily say plot holes, but it has some. The story has some weak spots in it. Um, and I told Melissa off air like the one thing I dislike the most is the whole yelling goat thing that happens so often. Like the first time was. The first time was funny, and then like the second, third, and the second, third, I don't know how many times they did that joke. It's just like, okay, okay, that's enough. Especially at the end, I'm like, oh god, not the fucking goat again. <laughs> I didn't, but then like I didn't feel like it was that overkill. I mean, if it was every five minutes, it would have been annoying. But I really like the goat, but that's just me because it's just yelling goat. It was funny. <laughs> oh, I, I love oh, the noise, 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 noise. <laughs> well, you, you had mentioned you had mentioned to me a little fun. You had mentioned to me a little fun fact that uh, Pharrell actually replaced Brad Dorf as the uh, narrator of this one. Yeah, how do you think Pharrell did as a narrator? I thought Pharrell did a good job of narrating too. So we got three. We got one. One thing these all have in common is they got three strong narrators. I think. I would agree. I think I think uh, Pharrell did a did a good job of, of narrating the story, and it it almost felt like, um, like you were you were kind of gathered around him in a in a circle and listening to him, like read you a story. Like it it, it really felt like that. Um, I think it just like it, his tone of, of voice and um, how he told the story and like narrating it. Um, I think I think he did a great job. Um, I, I really like his um, his narration in the film. Um, it, I think it, it would have been interesting to to um, to see what Brad Dourif would have done with with um, being the narrator, but um, but I think Farrell does does a great job. Yeah. The way they have this this Whoville set up and the whole, how bright and colorful this film is, it, it really would have been interesting to hear Brad Dorf. As much as I love Brad Dorf, mm. I think Pharrell is, Pharrell is a pretty good fit for it. Yeah. But there you have it. Another uh, throw down, another uh, triple threat match in the books for the Nerd Dead Nations. This time the 2018 Grinch comes out victorious. Um. So last time was the Monster Squad, so the one that was in the middle actually won. No, wait. So this time, the newest film wins. The last time, the newest film won, too. <laughs> hmm. Well, these guys only like new shit. <laughs> hey, we we make our... we. I think we, we've discussed each film fairly and, um, you know, haven't, haven't left any out. In the sense of discussing them and you know bringing our, our points to life, but I think our, our decisions are pretty solid. So, um, you know, we just so happened to both really like the the 2018 film. So, but it they did a great job. So, 
And if you don't like it, start your own podcast and talk about it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, nothing says Merry Christmas like telling the crowd off, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you Grinchy? <laughs> hey, I wouldn't touch me with a 39 and a half foot pole either. <laughs> yeah, I would I would choose the seas at crocodile. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> You wouldn't be the first one. I'm totally kidding. You know uh, what? Your breath, your breath smells like a triple-decker toadstool and sauerkraut sandwich. With us in excess. <laughs> well, you have unwashed socks. <laughs> so. <laughs> you should wash them because they smell. <laughs> Canadian comeback, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all I got. <laughs> well, they're, wait- they're waiting for me. Well, obviously the best comeback Jerry can have are the three best words that describe Lewis are stink, stank, stunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. Anyway. <laughs> so Melissa, where can they find you on the where can they find you on social media? Is it at stinkstunk at twitter dot com? No, I I had to change it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Somebody else already had that one. Yeah. I, I that was that was my first choice and but then sadly <laughs> Uh, somebody else took it, so um, I had to. I had to go with. I had to go with uh, on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Miss Melissa N twenty five. Where else can they find you? Hint, uh, hint. Plug the drawing stuff. <laughs> oh yes, and you can. Um, I also find uh, a page I created for some of my drawings that I do. Um, it's on Instagram, and it's called Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer. And if you like, <laughs> if you like art and following it, whatever, you can uh, find all that on there. So, <laughs> where can they find you, Jared? Well, you can find me complaining about all the noise, noise, noise at uh, Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. I've explained enough times. Joker. Well, I thought it would have been at unwashed socks. Nope. Nope. Seasick Crocodile was taken too. (laughs) Seasick Crocodile 69 was already taken. (laughs) I see. Um, And if you want to find us as a podcast, um, you can find us on um, Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, and you can find us on Instagram, and it's all at Nerdite Nations Podcast. Um, You can also, to listen to us, you can find us on Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts, and now recently uh, we got on to Google Podcasts, so you can find us on there. And please, 
on all three of those platforms, I believe you can, um, you can like, obviously you can follow, uh, but you can also comment on episodes, um, but also leave a review um, because that helps us get a little bit more noticed in, in sort of the podcast um, community. So it would be really, really awesome if you could do that. And if you're listening to us on Google Podcasts, happy Boxing Day, because the episodes come out a day later for some dumbass reason. <laughs> <laughs> because reasons. And don't forget to send us an email. Uh, if you have any emails for episode suggestions or questions or comments for the show, make sure you send that to nerdnationspodcast at gmail.com. Wow. Everybody is right. That is a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's my fault, guys. I'm sorry. I, I came up with the long-winded names. So... <laughs> You, you don't at me though. <laughs> Just remember the three ends: nerd, knighted nations. Well, guys, this is our Christmas gift to you. Is another throwdown about the Grinches. Twenty eighteen one. Get over it. It's a good film. Fight me. <laughs> and Melissa picked it too, so blame her. I'm pulling you under the bus with me, damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that triple decker who bus. I'll, I'll hand you I'll hand you my arm so you can do you can <laughs> drag me with you. <laughs> so Merry Christmas, everybody. So the next time you hear from us it will be uh be in video form, so yeah, he can See my dumb face to go with my dumb voice. So we can, uh, you'll be seeing me and Melissa do separate videos actually this time around doing our top 10 films of 2020. Because if we have not announced it yet, we are going to try to invade YouTube in 2021. More content from your favorite nerds. <laughs> so, Melissa, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. And I and um, yeah, and Merry Christmas to everybody out there, and stay safe, and you know, make the make the best of the situation. And the absolute important thing is be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! See you in twenty twenty one. Thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.